Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where you can't keep Nintendo down. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Nobody puts Nintendo in a corner. No, nobody. Today, we're talking about Nintendo, because the Nintendo Switch has just been killing it. It is having such a good year, and I don't think we could let this go by without discussing it. No, like, this year is honestly overwhelming on how good it is for Switch that I don't think I'm going to get to play all of the games that I want to play, because... There are still games back from January that I've wanted to get through that I haven't been able to yet. Well, and like one of the things that made me think about this is that the other day I turned on my PS4 and it had to like rebuild its whatever because I had had a power outage. And I had to think back to when we actually had that power outage. And I was like, oh, that was like three and a half months ago. So I hadn't turned on the PlayStation 4 in that long. And so I started thinking about when was the last time I played a game on the PlayStation 4? And I don't think I've actually played a game outside of just like sampling something here or there, right? I don't think I've legitimately played a game on the PlayStation 4 since before we moved. So it's been seven months at this point, something like that. Wow. And it's it's just crazy that the only things I've been playing are switch and pc and then like the stuff that i mess around with on phone but that's not really like you know core gaming um and it's just weird to me that like i went most of this year like more than half a year without really doing a whole lot on the ps4 part of this is because playstation and xbox are in a slow year it's a down year for them because behind the scenes they're ramping up for ps5 and for the xbox 2 or whatever they're gonna call it but because of that it has given nintendo this huge runway to just get out ahead of them this year and they're taking full advantage of it they are taking better advantage of it than i ever dreamed possible with the switch light with them doing a re i don't even want to say a refurb of the uh the console but they're them doing a or not even a revamp of it it's just a new console the they're going to hit a different price point in a different market they're gonna they've got all of these games coming out oh my god the games this year they've just put so much stuff into 2019 and i love it because it's my go-to platform like i don't really play games on anything else primarily because of the convenience like we have one tv and we use our ps4 for the media like we we just don't you have a roku or anything like that just because the ps4 is there and so when switch when I want to play a game and Jennifer's watching something on TV, I'll play on the 3DS or the Switch. And most of the time it's the Switch. Um, and there's so many games coming out for it constantly, both remakes, remasters, indie games, and the AAA titles, that it's that it pretty much has everything that I want. The biggest thing I have right now is deciding on whether I want to buy something digital or physical. And it's been more physical lately, so I can uh, lend to my friends and nephew. And he's getting a Switch Lite this coming, uh, this coming. well, I guess it's this month, actually, by the time he might have it by the time we finish this, this episode goes live, uh, if it's out yet, because I don't remember when this one's going live. Um, but I'm going to have to lend him games. For yeah, the Switch, I mean, I'm I'm doing the same thing. Like, I got to start thinking about which games do I want to pick up as physical games because my kids went and they bought themselves a Switch because they saved the money for it. So I'm gonna start doing that basically with this holiday season of video games or this fall in general. And there, 
there's so many games like you said like you can't can't keep up with all of them but also i find myself purposefully dragging my feet on like playstation games xbox games pc games if i think they would be a better fit on the switch and i suspect that they're going to come there like there are some games that it's obvious they're never coming to switch it's just not made for the hardware and that's fine but if it's a game that i think might end up on switch i kind of will go out of my way to just you know let me just wait a little bit let me just see what happens maybe it'll come on switch later which is insane because of how you play games, because of how much you want to be involved in that initial conversation, that waiting on something like that seems almost uh, counterintuitive and, and antithetical to the way that you uh, you generally act. But I do the same thing, that I won't play something like I'll see sales for these games that I've been wanting to play forever on either PS4 or PC on Steam, and I'm just like, well. It's probably going to be on Switch by the end of the year or maybe by June of next year. I'm going to wait on it. That's what I did with Dragon Quest Eleven. I got 22 hours into it. Love the game. Like, hardcore love the game. Realized there was going to be a Switch release and waited well over a year to uh, to play it. And it comes out later this month. And I'm A-OK with that because I am so excited for the game to be on Switch. And... That has never happened with another console before. Yeah, I mean, I gave Dragon Quest another shot this last week because you've been talking it up so much, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, and it's because it was on Switch. Like, I tried it on PS4 right when it came out, and I was like, eh, not really. But I realized that, like, okay, well, if it was an RPG and it fit maybe, like, somewhere else in my life where I didn't have to watch it on the TV, maybe it would be good on Switch. So I tried it for a few hours. I did determine it's not for me for a variety of reasons, one of which was the music, surprisingly. I know I texted you about this, but, like, the music in that game doesn't quite seem to fit. Like, it, it just feels old and repetitive, and that's because it is because that game just doesn't iterate as quickly as I want my games to. It doesn't do a whole lot that's new. But I also see why you like it. I see what's there for other people to like, and I could see why it's such a better fit for the Switch in general than it would be for a PlayStation or an Xbox. And, I mean, it works great on those systems. Like, I played it on Steam, and I love it on there. And, I mean, obviously it did super well on those consoles because for what it is, I mean, I know I knew you were not going to like Dragon Quest Eleven. Like, you're the, literally the only person I've ever heard complain about Dragon Quest music uh, because it's one of the big draws to the series is the way that they do the music. And it's like, I knew that when you said that, I was like, oh, you're going to hate this. Like, you're not going to like this at all. Um, especially when they've redone all of the music for 11S that they've done. Uh, they did it all orchestral this time instead of MIDI based. And uh, but I knew it wasn't going to be for you, but it is better on the Switch. And better than playing on Steam by far, just because it's there on this console with the ability to uh, to sleep it, the ability to uh, not have to worry about hitting a a church or a goddess statue to be able to save. And uh, it's it's just the switch as a whole is where I hope gaming goes because of stuff like that. That's why I play almost all handheld games at this point. Well, and like not even to mention the Nintendo Direct that was just the other week. I think it'll probably be about two weeks ago when this episode actually airs. We're recording a lot this month out of sync with real time. Um, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago. So 
in our time, it was only a few days ago, but basically there were a ton of new game announcements. A lot of them are launching between now and the end of the year, which was surprising. Like we are not seeing that from PlayStation and Xbox. I think that we basically know all the games that are coming out for those systems. We're not really going to be surprised, right? Nintendo just came out of the gate and they said, here's a ton of games. Most of them are coming out between now and end of the year. And if not, they're coming out in like Q1 of next year. So everything is basically within the next six months that they announced. And a lot of them are like remasters of old games or games that don't exist on any other systems. Um, And then there's stuff like Super Kirby Clash, which came out immediately after that Nintendo Direct. And I played a ton of it in the last couple days. Like I played with my family over the weekend it is basically Kirby by way of Monster Hunter. It's really interesting. Like the controls, there's not a whole lot that any individual class or character can do. But if you learn like the core of the combat or the abilities for your character, then it's all about taking that in a group of three other people and then going and trying to defeat these Kirby bosses and learning their attack patterns and stuff like that. It was giving me really strange Monster Hunter vibes, but I like that game a lot. It's like a surprisingly fun local co-op. We played with four people all sitting on a couch and it was amazing. Um, But it's just cool that they're doing games like that and releasing them without doing any ramp up or any like marketing ahead of time. It's just, here's a new game. It's out right now. Go try it out. It's free. Yeah, and that's been my favorite thing about Nintendo Directs and the Switch is because they want to surprise you. And it's not that they want to like blow your mind or anything. They want to surprise you with something that's fun. And that's what they did with Tetris 99. That's what they've done with uh, Super Kirby Clash. And uh, I, I haven't been able to play it. I don't have room on my SD card, and I haven't wanted to. I haven't wanted to delete anything. But it looks like it's amazingly fun for what it is. And I like the same thing with the Super Nintendo games. Like I had no idea that the Super Nintendo games were coming out on Switch, much less coming out the next day. And immediately I got excited because of them announcing this was something that I've been wanting. And it's not even that big a deal. It's just I can do this now that these exist and I can play this and I can have fun. And that's why I look so forward to the Nintendo directs over press conferences from Sony or whatever, where they're just kind of marketing materials. It just feels like they're doing that kind of large scale press release kind of press conference. And Nintendo gets on there is like, Hey, you want to play a game here? Play it right now. Have fun kids. And it's like, of course I want to have fun right now. That's why I love the switch right now. Well, and it makes the Sony and Xbox approach seem so antiquated because they will take 10 minutes to announce like one game, right? And they'll Mm -hmm. do a big lead up to it that nobody cares about. And they'll have developers awkwardly come out and talk. And then maybe some people will clap because they feel bad for them. And then they'll finally get around (laughs) to doing an announcement like this. This is the structure, right? That they do. It is. It is. And the awkward clapping is there. Like it was, it was, I think it was the, uh, during the Crystal Dynamics Avengers one. That was just awkward because they kept waiting for applause and nobody did. And it n- was like it was in sad. 10 minutes, Nintendo will have announced like five new games or they'll have done like a three minute video on an indie showcase that will do like 25 games in that three minutes alone, you know, yep. or they'll do a deep dive on, hey, here's a bunch of nin- like Super Nintendo games coming out. And then here's also Kirby. And it's only been seven minutes. Like it's it's so much faster and it's just getting information directly to us. I mean, that's why it's called what it is. Right. And it's super effective because of that. I mean, these Super Nintendo games. Games, I went out and I immediately downloaded it too. The next day, I sampled all of them. I gave every single one of them a shot, even if I had never heard of the game before. Because mm-hmm. why not? Like you said, it's like 
they want you to have games and like go have fun with it right now. It's who am I to say no? Of course I want to exactly. Go do that. And I learned that uh, some of these games are amazing, and I never played them when I was a kid. Like Kirby Dream Course, Kirby's Dream Course is awesome did you did you yeah. get very far into it like i never played it when i was younger i did so and i beat that game when i was a kid i i have very strong memories of that game it's way better than it has any right to be it is that is exactly what i told jennifer like word for word that this game is way better than it has any right to be that i sat there I, it may have been saturday morning we're sitting on the love seat like we do every morning and she's playing wordscapes on her phone and i'm playing uh whatever it was on the switch going through the super nintendo and i was like i'm gonna try this i never tried it when i was a kid and holy cow if it's not good that i just sat there and played uh kirby's dream course for way longer and like i keep going back to it uh like it's so good and i never would have played this game if it hadn't been on the switch yeah like i would have remembered it but but. also the ball but also has superpowers like it doesn't feel like it should work but for some reason it works really really well it does no reason like it's it's very odd game that i'm glad that i missed when i was a kid because it brought me joy now and like you you played mario kart i'm assuming yeah i tried tried literally every game that was in there yep okay so i I tried most of them there are a few that i haven't tried yet like earth defense force or something like that i haven't tried it and a couple others those were the ones i went for first because i know nintendo games so well that it was like i know exactly what to expect with like super mario world and mario kart and those games are classic they're always going to be classic nintendo's going to keep releasing them on every system it's good that they're there but i'm not super excited by it I was more interested in the, like, I've never heard of this beat-em-up, or I've never heard of this, like, side-scrolling, like, shoot-em-up game. Like, let me try them and see how bad they are, because they're probably horrible. And they were, but it was interesting to play, at least. But it was, yeah, it it was bad in a good way that you now know it's bad. It's like, okay, I'm good with that. Where, like, Mario Kart, to me, is just Mario Kart. It, it's not great. I don't really like the first one that much, and I never have, but I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that Jennifer and I are going to be able to play split screen on the original Mario Kart together. And she's going to hate it. She's going to hate it so much, but it's going to be fun because neither of us are going to like it, and so we're going to be laughing a lot while we play it. It's like Stunt Race FX was one of those games I wanted to play when I was a kid, and like it was like a $90 cartridge because it had that FX chip in it. Like it was super hyped up. It is so bad. It is so incredibly, terribly bad that they put it on here. And it's like, man, that should have stayed in the 90s. Like, what did you think about it? Do you think it was as bad as I do? Yeah, it was horrible, especially if you go to two player and the frame rate gets cut into like a quarter of what it is as a single player. It's brutal. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't even think about two-player. Yeah, I didn't even I did try. That. It, my brain wasn't even registering it as, like, motion, like, video. It was, like, a series of still images. Like, the frame rate was horrible. And it was terrible when it was one-player. So the I frame thought. rate was awful. And then I tried two-player. But it's fun that they're giving us access to these games. And they did it alongside really good games is the other thing, right? Like, you have your Super Mario World in there. You have Yoshi's Island. You have, like, Mario Kart. Um, you know, there are classics in there that in general people love or loved at the time and those are right alongside some of these that are just like a nostalgia trip like throw us back to the 90s and see what games used to be like and we thought they were good at the time and now in hindsight it's like ooh, that did not hold up but it's fun that they've given us access to that and it's fun to see the games that actually do hold up 
like Pilot Wings. I played so much Pilot Wings when I was a kid. That was one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. So I immediately booted it up. I think it was the second one I booted up, actually, Mario Kart being the first. And because I wanted to show Jennifer what the original Mario Kart looked like, I couldn't remember if she had ever actually seen it because she loves Mario Kart so much. But I opened up Pilot Wings. And it is still, I still got mad and frustrated at landing that airplane, just like I did when I was like 12 years old. Like, I still can't land that airplane, by the way. I still didn't do it. Like, it's super hard for me, but I had so much fun because I know it's not a good game, but I love it. And then you have games like F-Zero that I love. Like, there's a Twitter guy named um, named Metroid Mike. His Twitter handle's at MetroidMike64, and... I have loved watching him play F-Zero through the 30-second videos that he posts about going through it because he is so much better at F-Zero than I'll ever be. And it's so much more fun to play F-Zero for me now that uh, I actually got out today my actual old Game Boy SP, my GBA SP, and I played F-Zero Maximum Velocity on it, the, the, the old cartridge of it on the SP. And the original is so much better. Like, But it, it's just fun that these games have made me do that. And, like, Yoshi's Island is by far my favorite of anything that's on there right now. Like, I forgot how great it was and how much I love it. And, like, it is so one of the best platformers ever made. Like, I immediately just fell in love with how beautiful it is and, and just how it controls. I just I just love it so much. Yeah, it's such a solid game. And like I said, there's a handful of, like, really, really solid games in there that are, they still hold up. Then there are ones that hold up through the lens of nostalgia, like Star Fox. Like, I would never recommend playing Star Fox to anybody who hadn't played it. But if you played Star Fox as a kid, like, I spent, I don't know how much long, like, I went back and I played probably hours of that when the Super Nintendo stuff hit mm-hmm. on the Switch the other day because I have such strong nostalgia for it. Yeah, and it, it's it's not as though it's even a bad game. It's still a good game and fun. It's, uh, it's just that it's not modern quality. I mean, I still have Star Fox in my Super Nintendo to my left right now. I'm looking at the cartridge in my Super Nintendo where, of course, I, I'm going to love that game. Uh, and because of the way they update the regular Nintendo, the NES classics on here, they're only going to be adding more on here. It's like, I want the Donkey Kong Country games on here so, 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 so much. Like, I want to play through those on the Switch so much. Yeah, I like, mean, I know those a lot are of pe- quintessential Super Nintendo games. Like, those would be perfect. And they're waiting to put those on there, I know, just to have something to get people excited about when they go on there. I mean, you can't put all of your, uh, you can't put all of of the major, major, major ones that people want as soon as you drop it. No, uh, the Final sure. Fantasy games would be great on there. Uh, Mario RPG, I cannot wait till it gets on there because I don't have a Super Nintendo Classic. So I, I want to play that on my Switch. Like, I cannot wait for this. Like, I love remakes of games. Don't get me wrong. But just having these basically being emulated, it's fun to see that they're still really good games. That well, like that's a really good transition into the fact that like they're remaking games and remastering games to get on the Switch too, you know? Yeah. Like Final Fantasy, this might be the best system to play Final Fantasy games on now. For a long time it was the Vita, but Vita's harder and harder to find now. It's not really supported anymore. All of these remakes and remasters of Final Fantasy games are coming out on Switch and they have all these extra features like fast forward, rewind, you can do like cheats to like give yourself superpowers or go faster than like 
they are improved versions of the games that we already loved. Um, you know, Final Fantasy VIII just came out like the other week on the system. And you know, what we really need is we need some kind of collection or added into like the Super Nintendo games for some of the earlier Final Fantasy games. If that mm-hmm. was on the system, then without a doubt, the Switch would be the best one for Final Fantasies. They've also announced uh, that there is an Asian version of Dragon Quest One to Three that's coming out as a collection dragon quest one two and three and one for the switch that was announced the same day as the direct in the japanese direct um and it's got an english translation in there they weren't announced for the uh, north american one but you can go and buy the collection of old dragon quest games and it's going to play in english um it's going to be a 40 dollar uh cart and it's like they need to do that for Final Fantasy. Like this one was a complete surprise that they were doing it. So, I mean, the Switch is getting to be like the overall best system for for RPGs in general. Um, before, I think it was like the Game Boy Advance and the DS were probably the best. Really, the DS, uh, because you could play Game Boy Advance games on it for like the Final Fantasy games, like Golden Sun and all of that. Switch is probably better now overall because of the number of remasters that they're putting on it like this well and there's like improved modern games too like dragon quest 11 like we talked about which i'm sure you're psyched for it actually coming out right i am so psyched for this game to come out but it comes out on the 27th of uh comes out on the 27th of september i leave for mexico for my annual company retreat on the afternoon of the 27th so i leave my switch at home so jennifer can play it uh so i'm not going to get to play 11 or the uh dragon quest uh classics until i get back uh, into the at the end of the first week of October, so I've been waiting on it this long to be able to play it when it's released, and I don't get to play it. So uh, I'm like, oh, but I, I I'm stoked for it. It's one of the reasons I haven't pushed my way through the demo so far, is because I know it's just going to be even more of me having to wait. Well, and you know, like Fire Emblem Three Houses, like we've been talking about that every week or every two weeks. We did a whole episode on it because it's such a good game, and it's a Nintendo exclusive. Like you can't get it on any other system. I'm that's probably outside of like playing Magic and you know the arena specifically, and like doing some phone games. The main thing I'm still playing is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Like I'm decently far into my Blue Lines playthrough now. I haven't quite hit the time jump, but. Like, you know, I'm getting into the characters like they do is a super interesting character. And I'm already learning a lot more about the blue lines perspective, even though I'm still before that time jump. Right. Things really split off. But just seeing like the first set of missions through their eyes and seeing those characters react instead of the Black Eagles characters react. It's super fascinating. And it was. Yeah, and there's like these new game plus options that we talked about before, but now that I've actually been playing with it for a while, it's crazy how much like experience points and class progression is going so much faster the second time around. It's insane in a good way, in a really good way. Yeah, it's it's so much nicer the second time around, and it really does feel like new game plus. Like I wasn't a I wasn't sure if it would, but I'm glad that it does. And, uh, like, I haven't been playing it as much because, like I said, there were other things that were going on. But, yeah, it's it's one of the games that I'm still, like, pushing for. Like, it's, it's one of the main ones that I'm cycling between because it's so good. And it's honestly what I think of as a system seller if you've played a a fire emblem game before and because i wouldn't buy a switch for it having not ever played a fire emblem but now that i've played it i can say that i'm so glad that i have a switch for that that uh that if i 
I'm glad that I didn't miss out on that uh, because I hadn't played any others. Like, it's that good. And if I didn't have a Switch, there's no way I could do that. So, it's a, in my mind, it's a system seller. And you should all go play Fire Emblem because <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like or know anything about Fire Emblem before this. Decided to give it a shot because so many people said it was great. And then fell into the series. Like, I've gone back and started playing Fates. Well, and so before we wrap up the main topic, like everything we've been talking about are games that are already on the system, but there are like all of the other games just looking forward between now and the end of the year. It seems like the things you and I are both excited for are Switch games almost entirely, right? There's a couple yeah. outliers on my list. There's some stuff I've talked about, like new sets in Magic the Gathering, but for the most part, like full new games that are coming out they're like switch games like i'm psyched for Link's awakening remaster because it's one of the few legend of zelda games that i've never actually played through all the way i've only played the first 20 minutes probably like 50 times but i've never actually beaten that game um there's untitled goose game which you know i'm not playing as many indie games right now just because things are busy and i don't have time to like dive into them that is a game that's been on my radar for a really long time i'm going to play that game i can't wait to play that game it's so dumb but it looks so fun and luigi's mansion 3 is coming out like luigi's mansion is one of my daughter's favorite games so i'm really excited like i want to try it and i'll play a little bit but i'm more excited to like get it to her and see what she thinks of it and get all of her reactions and her like day by day you know how's it going tell me about it what's going on and then pokemon sword and shield like I love a good Pokemon game, especially now that my kids are the age that they are because they do too. So it's a game that all three of us can be playing kind of separately and then we come together and talk about it. And I'm just, I'm excited for that experience. And I want to play Astral Chain. Like I had said before, uh, last maybe two or three weeks ago, I don't know, time jumps are weird. And it's, uh, but I talked about it where I didn't, I wasn't in the mood to play an action game, but when I am, I'm looking really, really forward to playing Astral Chain. I just mentioned the Dragon Quest 1 to 3, there's Dragon Quest 11 S, and then like I want to play the Final Fantasy remakes. I haven't gotten 7, 8, or 9 uh, yet, so I mean, I'm really looking forward to getting to 8, because it just came out, and uh, I just haven't bought it yet because of the same thing that, that you said, it's just like, game there there's not enough time to quite get to all of it but uh there's so many games that are still coming out like i can't wait for luigi's mansion 3 because i want to approach that as an adult playing it uh because i was in college when the first one came out and didn't really and i don't want to say i wasn't an adult because i was obviously an adult but I didn't really have a fine appreciation for what that game was trying to do, and now I do, and I think that I'm really going to enjoy Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, there's there's just so many games coming out. It's such a strong system, so we had to talk about it because it was on our mind, and I realized that it was taking up like a ton of both of our geekery from the new Super Nintendo games that came out, Nintendo Direct, and I said, let's just make this into a full topic because we have enough to say about it for sure. And for all of you guys out there who don't have one, there are basically three models of Switch right now. There is the original Switch that uh, I know Void and I have. There is the uh, the up slightly upgraded model that uh, is out right now that just came out a few weeks ago or maybe a week ago that has uh, improved battery life that uh, I know GameStop has a thing where you can trade in your old switch to get a new one for $75 but check the model numbers if you want the new one if you're thinking about buying one and then the switch Lite, which is uh, $199 and doesn't dock to a TV uh, but and it's slightly smaller but has a slightly higher uh, pixel density so it's there are these three systems basically 
easily and it's very, very accessible. And right now, if you have been on the fence of getting a Switch and the holiday season is coming up with the Switch Lite coming out, there has really never been a better time to get on this. That if you're even remotely thinking about it, I would take a look at it for sure. Yeah, it's a super, super solid console. Um, okay, before we get into our weekly geekery, and before we do geeky off of the week, actually, um, you guys can send us questions for our yearly mailbag episode. That usually comes out right around Thanksgiving sometimes, so you have some time to get questions in, but you don't have a ton of time to get questions in. We always try to give you a month or two, so here's your warning. Send questions our way on any of the ways you can reach us, including geek2geekcast at gmail.com. That's probably one of the easiest ones. Otherwise, you know, Twitter or Slack or any of the other places, if you ping us and you add us or include us, we will grab that and we will throw it into the show doc so we can answer questions. For sure. And this doesn't have to be gaming related. We've had people ask about personal lives, things like that. So if you just have a question that you've been wanting us to answer, uh, just let us know. Uh, We always have a good time with that. Yeah. So what do we have for our geeky off for the week? Uh, We've got Patreon. Uh, Patreon is awesome. You can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast We have various rewards that you can have, Discord roles, uh, awesome stuff like that. And eventually we're working it out to have exclusive content for Patreon subscribers. Uh, as we get closer to that, we will let you know more about that. But uh, you will hear first about it probably on the Patreon. So check it out at patreon.com slash geek to geekcast Yeah, and around the network this week, I have no idea because we are recording out of real time, but... On the network, of course, we have Geekitude with Joe Hogan and Ray Vargas. It's often an interview show. It's always interesting to listen to. Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, where they talk about whatever they want to talk about that week, just like BJ and I do. But it's with Katie and Chelsea, who are both fantastic people. Um, Troidal is streaming on Thursday morning. Capsule J is streaming on Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and sometimes Thursdays and weekends. And then on the Geekery, we have Austin's Dragon Quest Quest, where he blogs often about Dragon Quest, and 13th Story that's often covering something geeky or video game related or adjacent to one of those two things, but always interesting to see what he's writing about. Oh, and since we're uh, recording out of time, Rob might have sometimes put up an episode so you can check out the And Sometimes Rob feed and see if there's something new because we don't know and neither do you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, if you want to get a digest of those articles to send to you, you guys can subscribe at geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe. With all that being said, time for Weekly Geekery, where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. What do you have this week? I don't know if I have anything I didn't talk about last episode since we're recording out of time. Uh, well, I did. I did. I take that back. We wa- rewatched Endgame. We finally got around to rewatching Endgame. And like you said uh, last week, it is still, re- well, last time, I guess, when we talked about it, when you did it, it's still really, really good. That this movie, I'd kind of forgotten how good it was and how well made and put together it was. But just watching it, we didn't expect to watch all of it in one sitting. But we sat there and we were engaged that whole time. That even knowing what was going on, having seen it twice in the theater already, coming back and watching it at home still kept us sitting enraptured for uh, the three hours, over three hours that it was. And... I still get teary-eyed about Cap. Like, I just feel so much for Chris Evans and Cap that 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 entire arc is just so, so good. And watching the bonus features, I learned that uh, there has basically been one script writing team uh, since 
Captain America, the first Avenger, all the way through Avengers Endgame, like there's only been two people writing most of those scripts, like Captain America, Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame, I think, were all written by the same two people, which really helps that continuity between all of them and really shows the arc between those main characters that were involved in those and why they've been so solid so i really like the bonus features for endgame as well yeah no it's a super good movie like i said when i rewatched it i was like oh yeah this is great like it's so impressive (laughs) that they did what they were able to do yeah it really is and oh yeah this is great kind of like i knew it was and then you forget it and it's like oh nope love it yeah so for me this week um i've been watching a little bit of movies i just haven't had a ton of time to do geeky stuff just because work has been so busy but i snuck in dark phoenix which whether that was a good use of my time or not is debatable but i watched it so um the thing about it is sophie turner carries that movie so she's sansa from game of thrones she's good like she is good in the role that she has there and i know like i'm so glad that they cast her as Jean. that like when i saw that i was like she's perfect like she's great she's going to be great and i haven't seen dark phoenix but i can only imagine that she is the best part about that movie she is yes 100 percent. she is the best part of that movie everything else is extremely mediocre just like you would expect from all the other x-men movies in that universe so it's one of those things right where like when they inevitably reboot it for the mcu and they bring mutants into the mcu and they do something new with it there are some like casting choices that you wish they would just like oh let's pull those people over like i would not at all mind if wolverine was hugh jackman again that'd be fantastic i would not mind if sophie turner got cast as gene gray again she's a really really good fit for the role so this movie because of how mediocre the rest of it was it made me extremely excited for the X-Men to have a fresh start in the MCU. And I think that was my mm. overriding feeling walking away from it. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just so mediocre, which is kind of what all of the X-Men movies feel like these days. Yeah, it is. And it's it it hurts me because of how impressive they were in 2000 whenever we saw the very first X-Men. That that was just such a breath of fresh air that now when there's an X-Men movie, it's a it's a sigh where it's like, oh, again, awesome that. And it's like I, I didn't even bother seeing Dark Phoenix in the theater because I couldn't bring myself to spend that money and time on it. And it's kind of the reason I haven't seen it since. I'm sure it'll show up on a streaming service one day and I'll watch it. But I don't care enough to do it, even though I love Sophie Turner and want to see her in that role. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, The other thing that I did this week was Pokemon Masters, which is the new Mm. Pokemon game on mobile. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a lot more about Pokemon trainers than about the Pokemon themselves. And they have these sync pairs. So it's like one trainer and one Pokemon. The Pokemon never goes into the ball. They just kind of like are together as a pair. And that's how things work in the region that you're in, because they always do something different for every region, for every Pokemon game. And... The battling is similar to mainline games with like moves that you would recognize, but it's also kind of weird because the battles are in real time and there's an energy bar and you have to wait for it to charge up. And then you can like select one of the three sync pairs that you have out at any one time. So you kind of always have a trainer and a Pokemon out, but there's three of them in your party and they're Mm. all active all at the same time. You just flip between them and like pick moves in real time. So it's closer to core Pokemon than any other mobile game has been, but there's something that it just loses when it's not about collecting and leveling up Pokemon. Like that is what the core of the series has always been. And 
if there was ever a doubt in my mind that it should stick to that at its core, this game has gotten rid of that doubt because it just does not feel the same when you can't go around collecting and leveling up Pokemon. That's one of the reasons I haven't downloaded this, that it came out and it didn't look interesting from a Pokemon perspective to me. That it didn't do what I like the most about Pokemon, which is honestly collecting them and having that sense of discovery. And the trainers have traditionally been the least interesting part about any Pokemon game. Yeah, I mean, I think if you are a Pokemon super fan and you love the Pokemon trainers in the anime and the games and all of the gym leaders from all of the different games and all the different regions. And like if you geek out about that, you would probably love this game. I'm just not that person, right? I like Pokemon. I like the monsters themselves. I like leveling them up and then defeating the, fant- the Fantastic Four, Final Four. That's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Um, and then finishing the game. Like, that's what I want, right? This game made me realize how much I appreciate that core Pokemon formula. And if anything, it got me more excited for Pokemon Sword and Shield that's coming out in a couple months here. I'm, I want to get excited about that one again. And I think a lot of the backlash that the fandom has had on Twitter and other social media has really put a bad taste in my mouth because I totally disagree with all the stuff that they were complaining about in general. And it's, it's one where I'm just so tired of seeing it that I haven't been looking forward to Sword and Shield. But I know when I get Sword and Shield, I'm going to be all in. Like when it comes out, I'm going to be, you know, their day one and loving it but i'm having a hard time psyching myself up for it because of all the uh, negativity that's been around it i'm just so tired of seeing that i guess i haven't seen any of that but i also don't do social media nearly as much anymore so i don't get a whole lot of negativity day to day in my life which is probably a really good thing yeah probably so yeah it's uh, i've seen a lot of negativity around the way that they've uh done choices that they've made for pokemon sword shield so it's uh i I think it's going to be a great game i just want to get excited for it i just kind of burned out on pokemon talk right now because of online i shouldn't even say pokemon talk it's just uh i can't wait to play it and talk it talk about it with people who also really like it yeah yeah i'm excited for that too i mean the best part about pokemon masters was my son and my daughter downloaded it right away too. So the three of us for like a couple days in there, all of us were playing it. And so we were all talking about it together. And it was like, oh, show me what you're doing. What level are your guys? What trainers do you have out right now with which Pokemon? That's You know, that was, that was the best part by far. And now all three of us have kind of fallen off of it. Like all of us still have it installed, but we're not really actively playing. So I think the game is like slowing down for all of us. I don't think I'm going to play much more of it unless my kids really, really get into it. But it doesn't seem like they're latching on that strongly. But I am glad that yeah. I got a couple days of that with them because that's always super fun. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine that not having kids like I do it with Riley with my nephew uh, whenever we're into the same game together like that. We've played phone games that he's had on like his iPad, all mobile games that he's had on his iPad. I've had on my phone, stuff like that together. So I get that. But having it regularly with your kids, uh, just being able to have that kind of flash in the pan fun and then move on would be cool. Yeah, it was it was super cool to do that little bit with them. So anytime I can get away with just playing a game with them that they're into and I'm into, I always try to take advantage of that. That's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. Those are both really good places to send questions if you have questions for the question episode. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. We also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links and you can hang out with us and while you're there, check out all the other content on the network. 
I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast. We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi! My name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye. Bye!